Good evening again, and welcome to Mental Space, where we are breaking down stigmas, having real conversations, and answering questions about everything and anything that makes us stronger, more resilient as a community. Thank you also to Trumella Radio for giving us this platform to talk about mental health and bring it directly to you, our listeners. We are five professionals who moved to Copenhagen from Romania, Poland, India, Croatia, and Russia, and are currently practicing in Denmark. We got together because of our joint passion to ensure that everyone, without exception, has access to resources that support them in their psychological health. This is our chance to exchange notes from our daily practices and hear from you. So how are you navigating the new normal post-COVID lockdown? Are you caught up in the football fever where each match seems to be better than the last? Are you embracing the opening up of societies? Have you been waiting to meet your friends and get back to a normal? Or are you anxious about how things are back home, perhaps? Wherever back home is. Or are you nervous about going back to the hustle and bustle that seems to be an essential part of modern social lives? Tell us, write to us, slide into our DMs about you and your mental health. All links can be found on our website. Details are in the program description too. Today, we are bringing you to you an interview with our internal family systems expert, Agnieszka Kokhanovic, who is going to be interviewed by our co-host Flavia Kardash. This will be followed by a panel discussion on the endlessly fascinating topic of emotions. Over to you, Flavia. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of our podcast, Mental Space. Tonight, we will have a conversation with Agnieszka Kochanovic, who is a psychologist and internal family systems practitioner from Poland. She is currently living and practicing in Copenhagen. Welcome, Agnieszka. Thank you very much for the invitation. It is a pleasure to have you here this evening. Could you tell us more about the way you work as a psychologist and IFS practitioner? Okay, thank you for the question, because uh, I can imagine that IFS sounds, uh, sounds very mystery, maybe, or it's an unknown uh, term and way of uh, therapy work. And uh, so I will try to maybe explain a bit about how how I work and what's important in this way of working. Internal family systems, it's a way to get to know your own parts. And when I'm saying parts, it's mean my feelings, my thoughts, my beliefs, or my sometimes even like physical sensations because parts can manifestate in pain, for example, also if it's repeated for some reasons. And in this way of working, we are trying to build relationship with those parts, to understand them, to get to know them and to um, make more clarity about their role uh, in our system. And uh, so building the relationship, we need to bring more compassion more acceptance and more also curiosity about ourselves. Um, so this is um, like 
very important values that we stay curious and open for our parts and the, the messages they are trying to give us. It's also very important to, um, you know, to find the, the new perspective. It means that sometimes we don't like our parts. For example, if we have critic voice, we might not like it because we look at the uh, outcome or like the way it manifests, it acts. But uh, in this therapy, we are trying to find a good intention. Why is it doing? What is it afraid of? There must be a reason. So it's very important to you know bring new perspective and also find out this um, good intention of everything that we are feeling, we are thinking, what kind of beliefs we have. We can find out uh, the roots of our beliefs, for example, also in this work. Mm. So we don't concentrate so much about the result, even though someone is, for example, addicted to some habits or like drinking and drugging. But we are looking on again on the bigger perspective. What is the intention? What is it trying to protect us from? Because usually it's about protecting us from something more dangerous or more um, uh, hurting us, like rejection, like disappointment, like uh, feeling of being um, helpless or not good enough, and so on. So we are looking for the for the protection role and the intention of these parts. Um, yeah, more or less, I think it's like in a in, in few sentences. That is very interesting. Um, and uh, I'm very curious um, about maybe are there any differences between IFS, internal family systems, and talk therapy, or maybe also similarities? Mm -hmm. Yes, for sure there are some similarities and differences. Um, I will start maybe with the similarities, because uh, the relationship is very important in all kinds of therapies. The, the relationship between the client and the therapeutist and um, and IFS, it's something much more than just the relationship between the client and the therapist, because we are trying to build the relationship between the client and his or her own parts. I'm also participating in that, and I'm also important figure in this uh, in this system. But uh, I'm supporting with my self, with my energy, with my attitudes of compassion, of love, of curiosity. Uh, I'm trying to support the clients to establish or like to rebuild the, the trust relationship between his or herself and and his or her parts. And this is very different, I think, because the the process concentrate on building the relationship many times with the closed eyes or like with some um, like trying to contact with your feelings, your beliefs, or your sensations. And it doesn't mean that uh, it's all based on words only and, and talk. It's more based on experiencing uh, the moments and, uh, and 
yeah, what what happening in the in the client's mind and the body. Uh, from this point also, it's very important that this, um, the healing starts when when the clients have enough self and have enough trust in the system. So it's not me as a therapist who brings the healing, but it's the uh, the client. He has everything that is needed to heal himself or herself. And this is something for me very beautiful and unique. And I really love it because uh, it gives also the empowerment to the clients and gives a new perspective of all the resources, all the power and and the compassion and the love they have in themselves to heal themselves. I'm just helping them to find this space and find this moment of really this self self healing. Mm, anything else? I think like in every therapy, the trust is needed, the um, the feeling of safety is is needed, and 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 the space where there is no judgments, like between us, but also internally that we are also trying to you know to find this space when we don't judge any of our parts, we are just trying to understand them, and I think that this is what I'm hearing sometimes from my clients that this state of being without no judgment is so important for for everyone. Yeah. And also for opening up and, uh, as you said, creating this safety um, and this non-judgment in a way attitude and space so that we can access some mm-hmm. important and uh, some like the parts in ourselves and then uh, when the process ends we can do this uh, by ourselves like it uh, it becomes a, a self therapy because we create a relationship with what we have inside exactly mm. so it gives us the tools also to work in the meantime yeah or like in our everyday life and that's why it's so beautiful also for me because there's no dependency and uh, depends of course how long this clients need the support of the therapist but after sometimes all the people can do it by themselves they can once they have this relationship they have this understanding and this compassion towards their parts they can have more like self-led uh, life yeah wow okay uh, so um, I'm I feel that in a way I'm starting to see the benefits of this approach maybe could you tell us more mm-hmm. about these benefits yes yes um, I'm very happy to share that because I also see it many times and I can be also the example of that <laughs> because I uh, learning that also i experienced that a lot and uh, i see the benefits also in my life and i use this term like a self-led uh, life that, that after or like after some time practicing this kind of um, approach to ourselves, um, we have more self it means we have more um, qualities of feelings in our life that help us to navigate in our life. So it means that we have more compassion, we have more 
courage, we have more curiosity, more clarity and more um, confidence about our like yeah decisions in our life, our our aims. And it means also that we have more peace and, and harmony in our life. We are not struggling so much all the time. We are not triggered so much by others' behavior also or our own thoughts. So there is more harmony and peace, I can definitely say. Um, and of course, like those attitudes of being more empathic, compassionate and acceptance brings also the benefits to our uh, external world. It can improve improve our relationship with others also in our like family relationships, like partnership, and um, also in the society level. I think that it can bring us more, yeah, peace again and like openness for understanding others. And the big benefit is also that we are more connected with ourselves and we could be more authentic in our life. So, yeah, that's are the the benefits and the qualities I would say that we can experience more uh, after such a process. Okay, so I hear authenticity, self-compassion, mm-hmm. harmony, uh more energy, more um uh, feeling of uh, connection with ourselves Mm -hmm. and with the others so it's like when we change something in ourselves and or the way we see ourselves then our internal system changes also the dynamic inside Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of ourselves and also this leads to a change in our relationships and uh, on on a bigger scale in our society I, I believe that and I hope for that. That's why I'm doing that because I really believe that uh, once we have more self-compassion, more peace inside, we can also bring more peace around us in our families, in our society. Yeah, that that's my biggest dream to bring more peace around us. Yeah, and build more resilient also societies and communities and also like this this process uh, like give us these qualities of being resilient and being more um, open for all the like challenges and unsuspected situation even with this corona pandemic situation it's we really need to build a lot of resilience in our life and and ifs i think brings very appropriate um, tools and approach to really um, strength ourselves in in this love and compassion way yeah, of living so we need to start with ourselves yes then <laughs> no doubts about that <laughs> then what do you say um about sharing with us um maybe a small exercise or a small meditation uh just to to know more uh, about how this approach, this internal family systems approach, feels, uh, and yeah, just to experience. Great idea. Let's do it.
to experience a bit of building a contact or trying to know your part, I invite you to close your eyes if it's comfortable for you. If not, it's okay. Just sit back or find a comfortable position to you and focus a bit about your breath. How is it? Just focus on that. You can choose a part which one you want to meet today. If you have one already in your mind that you know, somehow because of the thoughts or because of the feelings you have, and just send it this intention, I would like to meet you. I would like to get to know you better. Maybe you feel this part somewhere in your body or around your body. Just check. And if you don't, it's, it's okay. Focus for a moment on this part. Maybe you see it you sense it, maybe it brings you some beliefs, thoughts, and now notice what do you feel towards this part, what's your feelings? If you have curiosity or acceptance, then stay with it or let it know your feelings toward it. If you have a different feelings because you don't like it or there is some tension or there is a fear, that's also okay. Ask those parts to step aside or just accept them that they appear because they have some reasons. Just experience on what is right now. If you can experience this curiosity and no judgment or state, about this part or this feeling, just let it know. And you can ask, what this part does in your system, what its role? to ask what are you trying to protect me from or what are your biggest fear just listen 
You don't need to think about the answers. Just listen. Maybe you want to ask also this part, what does it need from you? Is there anything you can give to it to feel better, to be more relaxed? We are limited in time, it's just a moment to contact. Let it know that you might come back if it's right for you. That's not the only chance to meet your feelings, your beliefs, or your sensations that has some good intentions, I believe. Thank it for showing up or thank also the parts who maybe stopped you from the contact. Maybe they were um, interrupting or bringing some fear or distance to this experience or some skeptical approach. That's all fine. Thank all the parts. Thank everything you noticed that was present. And come back again to the to the feeling of your breathing. Take three breaths the way it is right now. You don't need to change anything. And open your eyes or come back with your attention to the external world again. And thank you for participating in this very short exercise. Thank you, Flavia. Thank you very much, Agnieszka. Again, it was a pleasure to have you here and to have this conversation together. And um, I hope um, that you also enjoyed and you, our listeners, also enjoyed this conversation and this experience. And we hope to see you next time. Yes, thank you very much. It was really a pleasure and I'm happy I could share at least a taste of, of IFS. Thank you very much. Thank you, Aga and Flavia for your insight into the psychotherapeutic approach called internal family systems and how we can use this line of therapy for getting to know ourselves and our different parts better. The path to self-discovery can take extensive time and effort, as many of you would know, and sounds like Agnieszka's expertise and compassionate approach can support us through this process. I hope you will make use of it.
For our next section, we have uh, the topic of emotions. Elizabeth Gilbert, in her now famous book called Eat, Pray, Love, said very poignantly about emotions. Your emotions are the slaves to your thoughts and you are the slave to your emotions. Let's see what Lana and Meghna have to say about this complex world of emotions and why it's important for our mental health. Hi, Lana. How are you? Hi, Meghna. I'm feeling good. Yeah. And now you're going to ask me, what does good mean for you? Yeah, exactly. That's a big therapist question to ask, right? So how are you feeling? What does that mean for you? You know, luckily today I feel very well rested mm -hmm. and I feel relaxed and I'm uh, eager to, to do this session with you about emotions. Me too. It's one of my favorite topics. Uh, and my while studying emotions, my supervisor was almost like, oh, Meghna, you are... You know, it's a lot about emotions for you, isn't it? I said, yeah, because it's part of life. Um, so feelings, feelings, everyone has them. Some love talking about them, like you and me, I think. Yeah. <laughs> some hate talking about them. Yes. Um, some are led by them. So they make the decisions mostly about how they feel. And some can't access them anymore. Uh, they show up without warning. And sometimes most inappropriately. What do you think about this? I think uh, I agree with everything that you said. and But just for our listeners who may be experiencing all of these different things, maybe some of them at the same time with different emotions, we can maybe clarify what exactly are emotions and what are feelings. That's an excellent, that's an excellent question. And before we go that, I just want to say to our audience that the question that we are trying to answer today mm -hmm. to give you some mental space is what is the purpose of emotions mm -hmm. and how can you help yourself if you feel overwhelmed with these emotions so this is our overarching goal for today's conversation and we're going to start with uh, lana why don't you tell us a little about what is the difference between emotions and feelings aren't they the same thing don't they like don't we use it in the same way so what you're asking me is actually based on terminology sometimes we do use feelings when we say I feel sad I feel angry and I feel happy but these are all emotions mm -hmm. so what emotion is it's actually our reaction to our surroundings it's the way we perceive through our bodily reaction our outside world oh yeah something that triggers yes yeah you're right so what are feelings and aren't feelings the same thing like I'm feeling happy feeling is the way we perceive emotion in a way emotions are something that is felt so we feel emotions. Yeah. So feelings are our consciousness about emotions. Oh, yeah, I guess, I guess, yeah, so feelings are bigger. So I can also catch feelings for someone. For example, if I see exactly. someone meet someone who's really nice and I'm attracted to them and we say we catch feelings and that's not really about emotions, is it? kind of about other drives and that's so good that you say that because sometimes if somebody is like overly empathic they can say oh I feel your emotion but actually mm -hmm. I perceive your emotion mm -hmm. I feel I can feel what you feel but I am not in your emotion I'm not experiencing your emotion I can also feel different things I can also feel some maybe more abstract feelings like uh, compassion mm -hmm. and uh, compassion is not emotion and uh, compassion is just the consciousness about uh, 
about certain about a certain group of people or a person or even plants and animals or situation that's right or situation and also myself yeah. so i can feel i can feel emotion of this deep desperation and sadness but at the same time i can also feel compassion to myself for experiencing something difficult yeah that's right so feelings in a sense is kind of much broader than emotions right so i can feel for example if i hit my knee against something i can feel pain but that's not an emotion but of course i can yeah. feel sad that i have hit my knee or i can feel angry that i you know i have uh, do you, i don't know if you do that if i hit my toe i get really angry i'm like oh i'm angry at this bed or something right so you can so the, here i'm feeling a lot of things i'm feeling physical pain but i'm also feeling the emotion of what that brings up in me yes absolutely but why why is it important to know the difference between emotions and feelings it's important when we give definitions then we already have consciousness about something and when something is you know what they say when something is brought to a consciousness it no lo- longer has power over us so when we are aware of our emotions and what is the purpose of our emotions mm. they don't have control over us but we rather have control over them so maybe sometimes if we feel angry or sad about a certain situations we usually tend to control this outside circumstances and situations which in some cases obviously is a way to go but in some cases we can control our reaction how do we react emotionally onto certain situation mm. So then yeah but I think you kind of uh, hit the hit the nerve in the right place um whether we want to talk about emotions or not having a vocabulary around what we are feeling is important right yes uh, and I think that the, and it's important for a number of reasons firstly it can help us stay in good mental health because we are able to um express what we feel because it's about communication right we can feel something and no one else knows how i'm feeling or i don't know how you're feeling but being able to express it helps us stay in good mental health also because it helps us deal with times when we feel troubled don't you think yes. because then i can say okay you know i feel really really sad um we all have little mixed feelings but just to kind of be aware of it like you say that it loses its power yeah when it comes to consciousness so in a sense feelings is the conscious awareness of emotions exactly this uh, wonderful definition yeah i also feel like somehow uh it encourages other people to be open about the feelings if we can be open about our feelings um i know it really helps for for those people who have kids for example mm-hmm. you know to kind of experience it's important for especially kids to be able to talk about express how they're feeling and have a vocabulary around it to form a secure attachment. Mhm. Right? Exactly. So I think that if we if more of us could uh, use it in a way, you know, be able to say, okay, you know, I understand the situation's going on, but it makes me feel sad or I'm sad to hear that. Yes. Um it kind of brings it um it helps us understand ourselves and other people. What do you think? Yes, I completely agree with you. Yeah. and uh, what i would just like to add is that um it's one thing to to perceive emotion and a whole another thing to feel emotion mm. so first we perceive emotion we can define okay i uh, i feel sad mm-hmm. and then how do you know that you're sad how do you perceive the sadness where do you perceive it because i work with the body 
So it's always important to know where exactly is the sadness, where is the sadness being triggered. Mm-hmm. And that is important for a specific reason is sometimes we have suppressed emotions. Mm-hmm. So the more we come back into our body and perceive emotions that are actually in the flow, it's easier for us to detect in the future emotions that are suppressed, which are actually causing more pain than actually pain for emotions we are able to feel. Oh, you'll have to explain this to me a little bit more. What do you mean by where so um for example if you feel joy yeah where do you how do you know that you're joyful how do you perceive the joy oh that's um well that's an interesting question how do i feel it um joy is a difficult one right sometimes it's expressed as tears for example sometimes yes. i'm so happy i cry right yes and how do you perceive that in your body um so are you talking about for example your heart feels full or exactly yes it can be you feel yeah. this kind of you know kind of like it's like bursting out of your chest almost exactly yeah and when we uh attach emotions to our body then these emotions are not somewhere flowing around we're trying to catch it escape it mm-hmm. they're actually very tangible and this is the way we can work with them so how would you work with my joy, for example? Well, with joy, I wouldn't work. <laughs> I would just allow you to feel it and yes. to spread it around and yes. uh, and allow other people to feel your joy also. Not mm-hmm. to take on your emotion, but to feel it with you because, you know, joy can be very contagious mm-hmm. and it can also express as laughter and, as you say, as tears. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't work with that. I would just allow you to, to radiate it. Mm-hmm. But, for example, if I would work with sadness, yeah. then sometimes a lot of suppressed anger uh, sorry sadness can be around chest and then we can like use breath to allow the emotions to flow we can then use movement massage Mm. around our chest area Mm. but now these are techniques which i have to highlight it's very individual so it is individual and the thing is it's interesting because um in my line of work emotions are kind of we treat emotions as um as self-regulating you know Mm. and Mm. this kind of seems to be what you're describing that there's a difference between having emotions and what we do with them as in suppression Mm. is doing something with the emotions right it's also working hard on keeping something down rather than just allowing yourself to feel the emotion and as like you would like you would like um, feel something hot for example or feel something cold you don't try to not feel oh well, i guess sometimes you do <laughs> but if i it's a bit of a sense right it's a sense and you say that okay just because something is hot to the touch doesn't mean it's going to burn me exactly you know what i mean exactly uh, sometimes um sometimes we do work when we think we're not doing work by not feeling something not allowing ourselves to feel something we're actually doing something with that emotion right exactly um so letting emotions feel flow is the same as I, I think I just come from it from a different point of view to say that emotions are self-regulating. It's not something we work on. Our goal can't be I want to be happy or I want to be, you know, sad or I want to get rid of anger. But exactly I, what you're saying is so important because this is the way we try to manipulate our emotions because mm. we want to feel something or we don't. And emotions are actually like water. You cannot control it. You just can allow it to be. And sometimes you can feel over flooded with emotions, but it's it's important to also highlight what you said. Emotions are actually regulating by mm-hmm. themselves. And it's something we are learned as babies through our primary caretaker, 
the way you know mother when a baby cries and a mother comes and soothes it and then already baby learns how to emotionally regulate how to calm themselves down and we then take on that behavior into our adulthood and it happens naturally Hmm. So, for example, for some, some, for some lucky kids, I for some lucky kids, kids, exactly. But for yeah. some of us, unfortunately, uh, we, emotional regulation is something that we can consciously relearn in our adulthood. That's well, that's a good thing, right? I mean, our brains are absolutely. always changing. We are changing as people and we can always choose, OK, whatever has happened before, I'm going to do it differently from now or now onwards including learning how to regulate your emotions. And that brings us to the next important uh, thing. But before we go to emotional regulation, mm-hmm. should we talk about what emotions, I mean, what emotions do we have? What are the, you know, how, what are emotions? Like how, how will you categorize emotions? Yes. Yeah, so I often hear people say that we have positive and negative emotions. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that. I'm like, what is a negative emotion? You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> emotions are emotions. Emotions yeah. are emotions. Mm. So how we define, how psychologists define emotions are basic emotions and complex emotions. Mm. So with basic emotions, we have, there's actually a debate around whether it's five or six. Yeah. Yeah, I know there's, uh, you know, different psychologists have different opinions about emotions. So, uh, so tell me, let's, okay, let's speak about the five basic emotions. So basic emotions are fear, anger, happiness, disgust, and sadness. Mm-hmm. Like in the movie. Exactly. Inside Out, do you know Inside it? Out, yes, we definitely recommend. Uh... Oh my God, everyone should go and watch that in- movie. And I think a lot of people have. It's one of the most popular movies Disney has made. It's very good. But, you know, I suggest people to go back and really pay attention to how they're talking about emotions because it is so powerful. Mm. Um, and also it's been made in collaboration with a lot of psychologists, latest research. So what they take talking about emotions is really, uh, you can really take some good life lessons from that, right? Mm-hmm. So, yes, yeah, so there are five basic emotions. Yes. Like you have mentioned, anger, sadness, happiness, um, fear, and disgust. Uh, but but uh, there are psychologists disagree on what the basic emotions are and how many and like you said they're complex emotions so if if someone hasn't heard about this before you should try to google something called the emotion wheel Mm -hmm. and i'm not going to go through all these emotions because there's literally hundreds of emotions we can feel because it can be mixed right you can feel angry and sad at the same time Mm -hmm. you can feel joy and disgust at the same time time you know i don't know if you've heard this german word called schadenfreude for example where we take joy from someone else's misery mm-hmm. or how about hygge for example mm-hmm. you know feeling something is hyglit. Mm-hmm. what is that there's something about being feeling comf- comforted and safe and happy and uh joyful at the same time it's kind of a mixed emotions you can't just say that this is just happiness right yes it's, it's more complex more. yeah and every language i think has some kind of information some feeling that they capture like you said is the conscious awareness of some of the emotions we are feeling right yeah we uh, we actually have in croatia one word which actually describes feeling tired and relaxed and oh what is that <laughs> oh, tell me about this what is this word called it's called fiaka fiaka and yeah that? that means uh because the sun can be so so it can be so hot during summer when you literally you don't have the capacity to do anything so you just sit under the tree and relax 
I know that feeling. So yeah. I have fiaca a lot, yeah. especially in the last three days. Yeah, when it's been sweltering. Yeah. Oh. Um, okay, so now we have the emotions, and we have five basic emotions, and we have a lot of mixed emotions. Let's talk about how can someone help themselves if they feel overwhelmed with their emotions. I mean, sometimes emotions can be very strong. Absolutely. Right? Um, and this is what we call there's different words to go with it, but you know, we are born with some innate emotions, like you said. And then we learn through life how to regulate our emotions. Like if you see a baby and it gets angry, it will make sure you can hear that it's angry. Absolutely. The yeah. The babies don't have the skill to, <laughs> for suppression. They are, yeah. That's so good. We can, there's something to learn there, right? Yeah. Uh, but on the other hand, if I got upset and screamed across the room, if all of us did that, what kind of world would that be to live in? So it, we learn to modulate our emotions, right? To be able yeah. to flexibly uh, give voice to our emotions appropriately according to the social rules around us so, so that we can live with other people as well, right? Um, and there's different words for this. There's emotional regulation. Some people call it emotional maturity. Mm -hmm. Some people call it emotional stability. Mm -hmm. Um so how can we achieve this? How can someone feel better when they're overwhelmed with emotions? What do you do? What I do with myself. Yeah. <laughs> so when it comes to emotional maturity and emotional stability, it's uh, it's important to understand that emotions are flowing. Mm -hmm. So it's sometimes we feel like we're stuck in emotions, but we're literally stuck in trying to not feel emotion. Or feel them too much or, or overanalyze them. Overanalyze them, yes. Mm. It's like going around the emotion without really allowing emotion to be for what it is. Because they not do anything about it. Not to do anything about it. Just mm. allow ourselves to feel the emotion, even name it if necessary. Mm. And the emotion will resolve itself by its own. So I know this sounds like a little bit more simplified and it is it is yeah of course it's and very simplified this is some message we send right this is not a therapy session absolutely uh, we can only give very general uh impressions about what we think about some of these topics but uh, if if anyone out there is having it has problems with emotional regulation there's it's such a complex field uh, it's so complex how why you are in the place you are and uh, how you can resolve it that it's always a good idea to see a professional but here we can absolutely. talk about it in a more general term right? absolutely because as you yeah. said magna uh, when it comes to emotional suppression we actually tend to use a lot of our energy to suppress emotion mm. and if we allow emotion just to be it will it will flow and then we can feel another emotion and then we can feel not just one or two emotions we, which we usually tend to do when we suppress we can feel the whole spectrum we can feel a lot of different things at the same time and i would say this is when life actually really becomes colorful and full mm. so but, what do you do then so but you, of course that's a process yeah, that's a process. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So as you said, emotional regulation is very important when we feel we're flooded with emotions. Like, for example, when we feel fear, when we feel a lot of fear, we can then go into the fight, freeze or flight mode. Or please mode. Or what is a fawn? Did you hear about the fourth F? Oh, yeah. yeah. You, you mentioned that. That's yeah. a good one. We're actually... So I just wanted to uh, share with our audience, if you want to know more about uh, survival mechanisms, please write to us and maybe we can cover that in our future episodes. Mm. 
I don't think now we're going to have no, the time. <laughs> each one of the topics that we're talking about could be a whole episode, right? Exactly. Yeah. So how do you emotionally, when you're really angry, what do you do? So when it comes to anger, as you said, we can act act about it. We can allow ourselves to feel. But sometimes anger is so overwhelming. So we, what we do, we emotionally regulate. Mm-hmm. So I would regulate myself with running, actually with dancing mm-hmm. and do something with the anger to shake my body. Or I would definitely to shake use... it off like Taylor Swift. I think she really it off. understands it because she understands. <laughs> she may be seeing a body psychotherapist, you know. <laughs> yeah, probably. That's amazing. And I think that you also kind of, touched on something that I that I see again and again and I also have experienced myself that emotions like you said is like water they, and you know I see them as clouds uh, but it's the same concept I think they inflow they you know they cannot stay there you cannot hold on to water exactly. or sand or clouds and that's the same with emotions you can't hold on to them they will pass no matter how overwhelming mm. they feel mm. but the problem starts when we start try to either um, try to control it in some way try mm. to hold on to it mm. or try to stigmatize it like you said like you know there's bad emotions and then there's good emotions and when you do that uh, you're already kind of your belief system yeah. about emotions is coming into place and that kind of gets in the way of proper emotional regulation right exactly um you know, I just remember when you were saying this, yeah. there is a very cute Zen story oh, yeah, tell me. about uh, about emotions. Yeah. It's um, a father was dying and he said to his son, he gave him uh, two, he gave him like uh, a box mm-hmm. which had two notes. And he said, so this note, uh, you read this note when you're going to feel like your life is falling apart, like they're everything bad that can happen just happen to you when you feel in your worst hours read this note Mm. and the other note read when you feel like you're so happy that everything is turning out so beautifully that you cannot reach a higher state of happiness Mm -hmm. so then a son uh during his life he was experiencing some difficulties he was at war he 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 lost the love of his life Mm -hmm. and he and he felt like he couldn't be more down and uh, and then he reached out for the note and a note it said this too shall pass and then the son moved forward with his life he moved on eventually and then he met a new woman he fell in love there was peace and abundance in the in the place that he lived in and he was having a wedding day he was getting married and he was so happy and then he reached to another note and on that note it said this too shall pass. Oh my God, I love this. Yeah. Oh, what a wise, wise dad. And I think that's kind of like the sense of no matter how overwhelmed we feel, it will pass. Exactly. And um, sometimes to make decisions in that moment of when you're feeling overwhelmed is counterproductive or can actually be not what you really want in a way and I think that's an important thing to say that when you're feeling very happy like when you want to if you want to make a good decision Mm. it shouldn't be in that meaning in that moment of extreme emotions right where you feel really happy or you're feeling really overwhelmed because just let it pass and wait if it's important it will still be important when your feeling has passed this is so important yeah yeah, this is kind of also brings me back. Like I tell my kids sometimes that, uh, do you know this acronym called HALT? Mm-hmm. 
it's basically to say i love this one and i tell my kids listen when you feel very overwhelmed in your uh in your um in yourself try to ask yourself are you hungry are you angry are you um l stands for lonely mm-hmm. or tired mm-hmm. just check are you any of these things and if you are these things just address that first you know eat some food sometimes we are angry just because we are hungry not because of anything that's going on around you or you're tired or you're feeling lonely if you're feeling lonely you can feel um sad right mm-hmm. but is that sadness because you're sad or is it because you're kind of craving company what's the need that goes behind it right and some of these things you have to just wait and address them before you know making getting any meaning out of them like saying okay you know this is this something that i need to do so act on mm-hmm. um which is quite insightful on some of the drives that can cause us to feel emotions yeah i think that's very good it's very good because sometimes we do feel a lot of uh good emotions uh like a happy or joy whatever we would perceive or whatever we would perceive as oh i feel down but actually emotions are just emotions and we when we let it pass mm. we allow them to pass and we understand that we are the ones who are feeling emotions we are not the ones who are the emotion Emot- we're not our emotions exactly well, how many times do i hear oh i'm just a you know melancholic person or i am a person who's uh, uh, you know the angry type this is some labels that society has put on us right or somehow we've grown up because emo- we are not our emotions exactly it's important to understand yeah. that sometimes That's we nice, identify yeah. with our emotions but we are actually something beyond our emotions mm. this is what is actually a concept of where the concept of mindfulness come in i am the one who is feeling the emotion mm. i'm the one who is perceiving the emotion but i'm not my emotion although i feel sadness i feel anger and yeah. i feel even like complex as you said i can feel happy about something that somebody else is said mm. that does not necessarily make me a bad person no these are so normal and i think it's important to say some emotions can feel uncomfortable perplexing they can even feel like they're against our values in some way right like oh my god exactly. why am i so happy that some someone's you know really having a bad time uh, but but these emotions are completely normal to have most of us have them or all of us have them and most definitely they're not something to be scared of absolutely yeah this is that? yes that is the problem when we are scared of our emotions that mm-hmm. is when we go into suppression my god i know people who are who are so scared of being happy completely yeah. because something will go wrong you know something will fall down but these are kind of our beliefs right our beliefs about what would happen rather than what is really going to happen no one knows what's really going to happen yes so and i think the most important thing is to know that feelings are temporary yes. no matter how strong they will pass exactly. and i love that story about the wise dad that you told i'm going to be using that soon <laughs> <laughs> so what are the pitfalls of emotions why you know are there any pitfalls of emotions are they like should we just listen to them and say you know go with you know some people are led by emotions what are the pitfalls what's the what's the problem that can arise if we are led by our emotions so pitfalls of emotions can definitely be when the emotions are misleading because sometimes we we feel just because we have a certain emotion we need to do something about it mm. and we need to act upon it which is actually not the case because uh, when we feel emotion we allow it to feel we allow it to go away and then literally when we are in the flow in the, in 
in five minutes we can feel another emotions and then mm. we have all of these spectrums of emotion and we allow our consciousness to identify ourselves with something beyond emotions mm. and that consciousness is basically something from which we are making decisions it's like this inner wisdom and inner knowingness that we are more than our emotions yeah and with emotions for me i consider emotions like a sense right like we can sense uh we see something depending on what our eyes can see we touch something depending on what we can feel and emotions are just similar i treat them also like a sense um but the pitfalls i would say are that some emotions are just primitive aren't they like if yeah. I'm, I'm for example i'm terrified of mice and rats right even though i know i'm bigger than them i'm stronger than than them and in at least some ways i'm also cleverer than them but that doesn't help me right this knowledge doesn't help me i'm just scared of them no matter what but but if there was a mouse infant uh, infestation in a, my house it would be stupid of me to say i'm going to sell this house move to another place right yes yes <laughs> it would exactly. be that would be making a decision based on my fear which is can be primitive right and it can be unreliable in certain cases for example which can cover things like unconscious biases right they can be unreliable for example racism sexism homophobia ageism jealousy self-hatred some of our emotions can be unreliable we can't really rely on them for example have you ever felt that a, that you just don't like a person even though they have done nothing wrong to you exactly like you know you just have this feeling that you just don't like them but it could be anything it could be a awful aunt you had when you were growing up or something right <laughs> and that's and that's the thing because sometimes we are triggered in mm. in our adulthood with something that has nothing to do with what we are experiencing as emotions but we are actually experiencing based on our previous experiences based on something that happened to, not, to us maybe even traumas we had yeah we're not thinking clearly right in the same day exactly false. some of them are just plain false for example xenophobia right mm. did you know that there is this is something we've learned from the world around us did you know that xenophobia exists the most in places where there's not that many foreigners actually this is mm. just something they've learned you know oh those immigrants are going to come and destroy our culture like how many times have you read that in mm-hmm. the media you think most people who live in cities where there's a good mix there's there's lesser instances of xenophobia than there is in places where there's nobody there's no foreigner right this exactly, is kind of like very yeah. interesting to me like these are these are just false emotions you can still feel very angry like if someone's going to come and destroy your culture oh my god that would make me or destroy anything of mine right <laughs> it would make me really angry but is it is it justified is it true is it reliable or is it just plain misleading right it's definitely misleading because it doesn't have anything to do with the reality of experience. Yeah, and I think that's why to be led by emotions, we can take emotions as a sense, but there are pitfalls there and we need to be kind of aware and as we go through life we realize that making decisions based on our emotions might just be leading us down the wrong path, right? Yes. Um let me ask yeah. you uh, would you let, maybe like to share uh, this is an interesting topic which mm. we are covering already but what would you say are myths around emotions oh should oh that's a long conversation don't you think because <laughs> i'm like there's so many myths i hear about emotions uh growing up i have had this you know um you know having a stiff upper lip you know being a person who doesn't show emotions is a strong person or what about boys don't cry that's mm-hmm. uh, I'm, i'm so happy that that is changing we see more and more sensitive vulnerable men and boys who are allowed to be who they are and what emotions they are feeling without making them feel like and somehow they are betraying their gender 
and exactly what you're <laughs> saying because uh, we do put some value about some certain emotions we perceive as more acceptable and some less but emotions are just emotion like water like you, you have a river running you don't choose this pile of water is not acceptable it just flows yeah and it's you know it could be more or less and people of course we have different personality types but it's never wrong they're always valid you exactly. know, and everybody has them so what is the secrecy around emotions or these kind of rules and beliefs like are these really true or that we just feel them to be true again we come to the feelings and emotions bit mm-hmm. of it like you know sometimes mm-hmm. we can just feel that something is uh, the case also about emotions Absolutely. Uh, which might not be true um okay so you convinced me but just <laughs> it just feels so weird talking about emotions doesn't it doesn't it it just mm-hmm. feels like somehow it's not easy to describe them either exactly what we're feeling which makes sense because we literally we saw that the emotion wheel there's thousands of emotions there can be thousands of combinations of emotions um and we live in a society where actually we have a lot of talk about emotions but we don't really feel comfortable it feels awkward talking about our emotions so- Magna, thank you so much for this uh, insightful conversation about emotions. Unfortunately, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Unfortunately, we're running out of time, so yeah. we're going to have to wrap up. Yeah. But I feel this topic is so wide that we will definitely continue our conversations. Yeah, let's have another. Let's have another uh, recording where we can talk more about emotions because we haven't talked about half the things we want to talk exactly. about. Exactly. So we're definitely yeah. going to have emotions part two. And uh, with that, we're going to invite every one of you, our listeners, to please uh, comment, tell you how you deal with your emotions or if you have any questions, if you agree with us or not. Yeah, what do you write think to about us. emotions? Do you disagree with some? Do you, is there different ways you use for emotional regulation or the way you view emotions and the, a bit of context around, you know, is there something specific you are struggling with right now? And maybe we can talk about that. That could be very interesting for me. Absolutely. Mm. So we're going to, there's a link for our website in the description of the episode. So please, you can send us your messages. We really appreciate you. And of course, all of the messages will be addressed anonymously. Well, that's all we have time for today. We hope you have enjoyed listening to it as well. Once again, write to us with your questions, comments, criticisms, suggestions, stories. We would love to hear from you so that we can make the future episodes worth your while. And if anyone listening also works in the mental health field and or would like to be featured on our program, don't hesitate to get in touch with us. And remember, ask us anything psych-related and we will either answer or find someone who can answer your queries. All links can be found in the program description on Tramilla's page on tramillaradio.dk or tramillaradio.eu. Thank you for listening to us this time. We'll be back with more meaningful conversations aimed at your well-being and creating a space that both stimulates and clears mentally. Ciao for now.